0: Once again, we want to take this opportunity to welcome every one of you to this very special Sunday, a day that the Lord has made that we may rejoice and be glad in it. In our time of revival, we got to know that the joy of the Lord is what gives us strength. So when you come to his presence, don't wait for joy to be poured onto your life. It is right inside of us. When the Lord saved us, He gave us his joy, and even if we don't have joy of our own, we can wear it out, we can bring it out, and it is that joy that we bring out that becomes our strength to worship, to praise, and to glorify his holy name. Amen. So having said that, I would like us then to get to the word of God, and today we'll be looking at a very interesting area still Building together towards—I mean—as a, as a dwelling place of God—the theme for the year, we'll be looking at First Corinthians chapter thirty. Sorry, chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve. We'll read from verse twelve, and I'll be asking us to all stand together so that we read. And as we stand, just to remind us that. Uh, We are desiring that this year God focuses our thoughts and our aspirations towards a particular goal so that at the end of the year, we are able to evaluate ourselves and see what has God been doing as we focused on this particular theme, being built together to become a dwelling place for God. Last Sunday, we took an aspect of what that means and we said, Paul takes time to talk about the building and he identifies the blocks or the building stones within the building and uses that to help us to see that each and every one of us is important at that level as a building stone that God is using as living stones to establish his church. Today I want us to push that a little further and look at the church now as the body the body of Christ the body of Christ. So first Corinthians chapter 3 uh, sorry, chapter 12 chapter 12 reading from verse 12 and then we'll go right through to some portion at the end there trusting you are there 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 12. the Bible says for us the body is one, And has many members. But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am an ear, I am not the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body Okay. If the whole body were hearing, where would be smelling? But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if They were all one member. Where would the body be? Verse 20. But now, indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which... We think to be less honorable, on this we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no sexism in the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. Allow me to swallow something here. Thank you. Verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, You are the body of Christ, members individually, and God has appointed this in the church. First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, and after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues, etc., Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but honestly desire the best gift? And yet, I show you a more excellent way. Shall we pray together? Our dear Heavenly Father, In the name of Jesus, we appreciate you for the privilege again to come this morning. We appreciate you that, Lord, you have allowed us to hear the reading of your word. And we want to continue to esteem this word as you have esteemed it and said that you have placed it above your name. And we pray that the entering of your word, oh God, will bring us life and health for our bones. That today, oh God that as we get to know what it is you would have us do as a church, that we will take our position and we will take our part and endeavor to build and to occupy until you come. So take this moment, oh God, and just have a conversation with us because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please be seated. The church as the body of Christ. That is our focus today. And as we look at the church as the body of Christ, a story is told about a group of animals in the jungle who decided to improve themselves, especially their general welfare. And to do this, they opted to start a school. Their school curriculum included Four specific subjects, and that is swimming, running, climbing, and flying. The duck, an excellent swimmer, opted to major in subjects he was not good at. And so he took climbing, he took running, and he took flying. And soon terribly dropped in his swimming prowess. The rabbit, on the other hand, a superior runner, as we know, was forced to spend much of his time in the in other classrooms and soon his famed speed slowed down. The squirrel, who had been rated A as a climber, master climber, dropped to a C because his instructor spent hours trying to teach him how to swim and fly. The ego, great in soaring into higher highs, took up into climbing trees and swimming. Quite a frustration. But before too long, he realized that he could now mean he needed to use a lot more strength for him to fly high. And the story goes on. But before too long as you know and as I I know all these animals got frustrated because they learned the hard lesson that you cannot change a leopard's spots when it's already imprinted on it. And you cannot change who you are meant to be. It doesn't matter how you bend yourself. Paul in and endeavor to illustrate for us the church which is god's special manifestation on earth and helping us to appreciate who we are in christ and what the church means to god the church of who you and i are and as you remember we said the church is not the building it's not mortar it is not the 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 the, the the, the, the boards that make this building, this structure, the church is you and it is me. And so Paul takes time to really elaborate to us, illustrate to us in a way that we can understand that when we function the way God created us to function as the church, then the power of God comes on the earth. We are able to sustain the world and we are able to also exemplify God's glory upon the earth while we wait for his return to take us home as his bride and so yes he uses very many illustrations the building we said and the, and the building blocks just to help us to see how important you are that if your block is not in his space then there will be a gap and the building will not be complete then we talked still about the building and said that building has to have a foundation and that building must be supported very well, so that you are sure when the storms are coming, when the winds are blowing, they will not sweep it away because that is bound to happen in a place where there is a lot of climatic change. Then he moves on and wants us to bring us a little more closer so that we take seriously this concept. And he says, For us to understand the operation of the church, the body of Christ the best illustration he can use is the human physical body. And he points out that each of us is gifted in a particular way and it is by identifying which part we fit in the body as individuals, as we look at those various spiritual gifts, identifying whatever it is that God made you, which part in the body you are, and cultivating the role, and allowing that function to be expressed in the body and working together because we are a body with one another, every part supplying to the needs of the entire body, then you and I will have an impact, will have an effect, and as the church of Jesus Christ, we will truly be the salt and the light Of the world. If I am a duck, still going back to the story that we illustrated, for whom swimming comes naturally, as you identify yourself, although I may want to learn to climb, to run, or to fly, I am a fool if I neglect swimming. Just because I see other animals agile in doing those other traits. If I am a squirrel, and I'm good, I know everybody celebrates me when they see me climbing trees at supersonic speeds. And then I take up some other traits that are not my area of calling or my area of uh, function. I frustrate myself because soon I will go down in my area of expertise. If I am an ego, how pathetic it would be to waste time in my desire to climb trees and run and swim when I'm able to so high into the sky. Like the animal kingdom therefore, even, so does it operate for us as the church and as the body of Jesus Christ. Our calling and our role in the body of Christ is to identify our unique position, our unique part that we play in the body and we be able to bring out that part for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. So we look at the picture of the human body to depict the church of Jesus Christ, each of us represents individual body parts, each of which has a function in ministering to the entire body. Various body parts cannot change, abrogate, or relegate their functions and expect that the whole body will function normally as God intended of it. The legs have their work to do. The hands have their work to do. The ears have their work to do. And you can go on and on, go into the interior organs. Parts that you do not see very easily, but whether you like it or not, they are there. Assume them, assume your heart is not there or assume it is there. That heart will not stop to be there. It will be there and it will function as has been uh, delegated. And therefore, when we look at all these body parts, Paul takes time to really help us to appreciate. And please, my brothers and my sisters, there are so many things we may have desired to do as a church and we find ourselves in frustration. But when we go back to the word of God and we take the word of God as intended, you start finding, because it's God's manuscript you and I will actually find the body or the church of Jesus Christ functioning as intended right from the original point. And that's why Paul takes time to make sure that we understand this concept very clearly and bring it out very, very well. I want to point out some critical values that Paul wants us to identify of the body as we look at the church, as the body of Christ, and see how these values are so important to God, and if we cherish them, and if we uphold them, you and I will start seeing things that we never imagined would happen as we allow God to take over his church. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of heaven will not prevail against it he builds it in his pattern he builds it with his prescription he builds it with with the idea that is in his mind and not in our mind and that is what gets the body being built and attracting the world to god the first value that i want us to look at here is that from the bible in first corinthians chapter 12 from verse 12 to 14 we see this value that not that though we are not the same as parts of the body, each of us are important in the well-being of the whole body. I don't know how to put that. This tells us that when we first have come into an authentic repentance and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, We change our identity. Like the Bible says, we become a new creature. The old is past, the new has come. And God identifies us as his own children. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Living stones that he can use to build his church. And in that special identity as children of God, you and I, as we had seen another time, we become members of his body. God assigns us a particular function in the body and taking from the human understanding. And regardless of our backgrounds, whether Jew or Greek or Gentile, whether free or slave, whether sisters or brothers, male or female if you like, we become Members of the body, and it doesn't matter the color, it doesn't matter whatever the creed, it doesn't matter the language. Every one of us then are assigned a specific part that you are in the body. And therefore, God expects us as brothers and sisters to be able to come together and function together as members or body parts that make up the whole body. It is important for you and I to realize that you are important. Your role is so critical, so crucial, that though we are not the same, there are some of us who are the hand, some of us who are the ear, some of us who are the eye, some of us who are the foot, some of us who are the big toe, or the small one, or you are the eyelids, whatever part you are, you are so significant and if you played your part the whole body the whole body is able to function yes in diversity but as one as in the m- metaphor of the animal kingdom if you are a duck swim and quack if you are a rabbit run and ribble if you are a squirrel climb and jump If you are an eagle, sow and patch. As it is with these animals, brothers and sisters, the body of Christ must operate that way. If you are a hand, reach out and touch. If you are a leg, walk, pace, and make your strides. If you are the stomach, please receive the food and digest it for us. If you are the brain, your work is to think. Please think. Maximize your diversity so that the whole body becomes fully functional. And that is what God has called you and called me too. And therefore, the first point we have made there is that every single one of us whatever it is that you represent as a body part. You are very important, and it is by you functioning that the body becomes functional. Number two, everyone is desperately needed for the body to function well because we are all the original or genuine part that were created by the maker. Did you get that one? We are desperately needed. Your absence robs from the body. And absence here means none of us should be a spectator. You can be present, but you are absent. Spectators are not part of the body of Christ. The reason why we sometimes get tired serving, tired doing this, is because you are doing your function. Just think for a little while about the heart. Have you ever wondered whether or why not the heart doesn't take some breaks? That little gadget, from the first day you were begotten, you started functioning like that. No rest. No rest. Just like that. The time you will rest, the whole body will actually get into a coma. Or if you like, it will actually die. So you just have to do that. Even if you feel tired, that is not your problem. Ask God for grace. You need to function as the heart and be the heart. Are we together, brothers and sisters? If you are the leg, your work is to function as the leg. And please remember, you are desperately needed. Because we need to move from home, we need to come to the church, To gather together so that the body parts are able to fit together and function as a church. So if the legs would say, I have carried you for so long. Today take yourself to church. Will we find ourselves in church? You are desperately needed. If the hand will say, I have fed you for so long. This is food. This is where you are. Get going. Yes? Yes? There, are, there will be opportunities when, out of frustration and desperation, because hunger, as you look at food, is not an exciting thing. You would want to do something about it. And often the church has had to function like that. You have food, the hand has refused to operate. But you are right there, so you have to do something. So the brain continues with its thinking because it has to think and tells the whole body, fuck, you can't die. Why why sit here until you die and there is food in front of you? Work on this thing. Bring it down. Let it be digested and let's get going. And so it tells you you can do it. Even when the hand has refused, do something. Try to bend. Let's see if the mouth will not arrive on the food. It doesn't matter if it gets a bit into the nose, but at least get the food inside. Why? Because the hand has rioted. It says it cannot function. And sometimes the church has been forced to operate like that. Just because you are missing, desperately needed, but you are not there. You are absent. Then the body is forced to function. And this has happened even when you look at the physical bodies, my brothers and my sisters. You've seen uh, brothers and sisters who are uh, differently abled. Maybe they do not have legs. But with the time, because they cannot just continue in that particular situation, they have to function in some way. So when you look at them, their hands are very strong because they are serving two roles. They are having to become the hands, and you need to see this guy. In fact, you even have to look to they even have to look for some form of shoes to put in their hands so that they can literally function because the hand, has rioted or is not there, is absent. And so, really, and you need to see them struggling to cross the road. It's tedious. Desperately needed path is not available, and therefore, the paths that are available are having to function, and they have to function somehow. It is not a good thing. And I don't know what God looks at when he sees us, behaving like that, we are denying the body by not letting what God has given us to function in the church, and therefore the church has to survive somehow, and that is what happens. And I'm sure as I mentioned that you may have seen some of these things, and I'm just saying this so that God put a burden in our hearts to realize that what can be done, you and I can do it. And we can do it as we trust in God and God is able to make all grace to abound towards us that we always having all sufficiency in him may abound to every good work so long as we are willing to be used of God. Everyone is desperately needed for the body to function well because you are the original part. Sometimes you can choose, and you've seen people with cars, you go to a dealer and you want to get some spare part from there and you realize they don't seem to have the original part. They have an imitation. I don't know what they call it. The, the part you are looking for is not exact. And you can actually even try to buy that part and try to force it into your car. But with the time... You will notice that you will not go very long. Either you will break because of the tension that is put on that part or whatever else. And sometimes we have had to force some things, putting them in places where they are not needed. So you and I are the originals. We are the genuine parts. Please uh, let our genuine part that we are be functional. Because that's what God made of us. God specializes in originals. He doesn't make carbon copies. So don't see yourself as a carbon copy. Use or see yourself as the original and see assert yourself as the part that is needed. And because you are needed, please make yourself available and serve the purpose for which God has called you to serve. Often we have converted someone else's athletic ability or beauty or intellectual brilliance, or social skills. But this does not help. Because sometimes we think, because so and so is so gifted, that's the person we need here. Then you put your your gifts and your abilities down, and you think that you cannot be able to serve. When we do that, we end up messing up. And Paul has taken quite some time. In fact, I I really battled going through reading through that text because he seems to be saying the same thing but repeating in different other ways. Imagine, and Paul was pointing on that, imagine a world populated with single organs, each one walking around independent of the other. This would really be a total mess. Just imagine you are—you live here. As you go out of the church, you find an ear struggling to jump and make its way home. You know, and you find a, a, a leg on his own, making its way home, or we find a hand. You know, I don't know how it—you know—everybody part just operating like that. And sometimes we force things to, have, to happen like that in the church as we look for miracles. God does not change his arrangement he wants everybody part to fit in his rightful place and when they are all fitting together being uh, valuing the part that God has called us to and knowing that we are all desperately needed God then will use us at that particular level let me point the thic- the third thing here that Paul is bringing out from this text and this can be gotten from verse 20 going to verse 26 what affects One member of the body. What affects one body part in the body of Christ is felt by all. We are interdependent. And please note this. And not dependent on each other. That looks paradoxical, but please just get it. What affects one Member of the body is felt by all or if you like affects all. We are interdependent but not so much dependent on each other. For the body to function in a healthy way, you and I, my brothers and my sisters, must know that there is What I am doing that has an implication on what the other one is doing. Let's just look at that story of the food again. Food is sometimes very good when you talk about food. There is this food, there is this body that is sitting by the food to work on the food and make sure that some justice is done between the two of them. Okay? So while sitting there, the various parts will start coordinating one after the other. The mind will say, having taken the senses from the smell, that this is food and it is tasting or it is smelling nice. The, 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 the test buds will start salivating and looking forward that something will be done. And the mind or the brain will take it up very fast and say, Come on, hand, it is your time. What do we need to do? If you are a spiritual, the mind will speak to your heart and tell your heart, you need to pray first. And so, the, the mouth is told, please open your, yourself and pray because this thing, this exercise needs to be done. And so, the mouth will pray. And immediately the prayer is done, the brain will tell the hand, what are you waiting for? Attack. Let's dig in, you know. And immediately the hand gets the signal from the brain that it is time to dig in the hand stretches forth, and of course the brain is t- just take enough that will go through the mouth. You know you have a small mouth, or you have a big, so take just enough that will be able to get right in there. And I want you to see the coordination as it is going one after the other. And so the brain has communicated, the, the hand has responded, and uh, the, and, and uh, has actually taken enough, and then the brain tells the mouth, what are you waiting for? Open up, because food can't go in when the mouth is shut. So the mouth then opens. And as it opens, the food then arrives right inside. Immediately the tongue is told where is the saliva? Can the digestion process start? Can we do the... uh, the, And the the whole alimentary canal is actually put in effect. The whole system is made to start functioning. And you know... uh, Oh, lubricating the place and just allowing the food to flow down as the, as the tongue is rolling it into manageable pieces and balls that can go down and then there is the force that is applied and a lot of, you know what you call peristalsis, the whole process of how the food moves from the mouth slowly slowly down until finally it arrives there and it finds the ileum and the duodenum waiting to be to to, to, to do the work and before too long the enzymes are released to go and work on that and and, and they, you know starting to assimilate the food and bring it to put, tear it into even smaller pieces and giving it, feeding it into the blood the capillaries and everywhere else and making sure that as the blood receives the blood starts supplying it all over to the body, every part of the body so that even the toe, the small toe the small toe that never participated since the beginning, the process began it was just waiting for its turn, right there at the small level place where it is when it receives its share you will see the toe Really appreciating right from the from from, from from where it is that something has happened and before too long, if it is growth, the growth takes place, and everything else about the body goes on and on and on. So what we are saying, therefore, is every single member, every single organ, every single part, whatever they do, the effect they are doing will be felt by everybody. And they are so interdependent that there is no way what the brain does will not affect the stomach. Or what the stomach does will not affect the, 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 the leg. Every part is interdependent. But not so much dependent. You know, you know when you are a dependent you can actually abrogate your, po- your position and relegate it to somebody else because you are just leaning on a scratch that you are depending on to do for you things. So you let them eat for you You let them digest for you. You let them do everything else for you because for you, you are depending on them. That's not what we are talking about. We are interdependent. I will do something even if what you are doing right now that I'm not able to participate in, but there will come a time when what I'm doing becomes important for you. And therefore, please, when it is your turn, when it is your role, when it is your responsibility, make use of that time and do your work. Have you ever wondered when there is a little pain, or maybe, when there is pain in your little toe, I'm still on the little toe. When there is pain on the little toe, possibly you didn't see, and this time you had left your shoes, and you just are taking some little straw down the road, and you hit that little toe in a stone. You didn't see the stone. And so, you banged your foot on that. And immediately, whether you like it or not, you will not be told, you will just sit down right there to deal with that problem. Now, the whole body has been silenced to sit down because what happened there was not a laughing matter. You need to sit and reflect on it. The toe, the little toe, as little as it is, actually hit on a stone. And the pain now is affecting the whole body, causing some headaches actually coming up. And so you have to sit and reflect on what has just happened. So that little aspect that has happened to one member is affecting the whole body. I wish I can go further into that. Two primary concepts that are stressed here. First, there is nothing or no one who is too poor or insignificant to be an important part of the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus recognizes your importance. In fact, he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are dear to him. You are an apple of his eye. He values you at that particular level. And therefore, if you are wasting time belittling yourself, you are doing God disfavor and yourself disfavor as well. Nothing and no one is too poor or too insignificant to be important, an important part of the body of Jesus Christ. Secondly, nothing is so big or so important that it is able to become independent. None of us as a body part is so big or so important that you can become independent by yourself. And that is what sometimes would happen if a hand would want to brag and say, I've been feeding you for all this long. Why can't you people do the rest of the things that you need to do? That is at the level where the hand becomes too big and so important. But can the hand operate by itself? When you separate from the body, then the hand becomes really useless. As we come to the church of Jesus Christ, and as we participate in our relationships and in our individual parts, just allowing the functioning as God intended of us, there are various things that God expects to happen within the body. There are some things we have to come here at a place of worship like this for the body of Christ to function and to operate. That's why we leave our homes and we come. But there are other times when even at home, at the family altar, you can still be able to do some of those functions. But this particular function that this particular kind of place brings to the fore is so crucial to God and God would desire that that also happens. The first thing that critically should be looked at in the church life is the whole aspect of worship. For us to have an active worship, when we come together in a place of worship like this, this is an opportunity for us to have a supernatural connection through corporate worship. And corporate worship, my sisters and my brothers, is not the singing of the songs. Songs and singing and hymns is part of the worship assignment. But besides the songs, there is the praying as part of worship. There is the tithing and the offering as part of worship. Because why are you giving? This is your money. Why do, why do you think God needs it? You are giving because you are acknowledging that all that I have belongs to God. And when I'm giving, I'm acknowledging him as the provider. And as you do that, that is part of worship. Okay? And then there is the announcement. Sometimes we think the announcements are very insignificant, but they are not. They are a part of God's arrangement. Because through the announcement, we get to know what is going on in the life of the body. What is going on? You get to hear so-and-so is unwell, so-and-so is, is needing this and the other thing. And as you get to know about that, then you lift them up in God, to God in prayer. That is part of worship. That is part of fulfilling God's design. Then there is the aspect of the Word. When we are able to actually focus on the Word of God and read the Word of God and allow the Word of God to speak to us, that is also part of worship. So that aspect of supernatural connection with God can only happen when we facilitate it in that particular way. And that's why later Paul also talks about, as he says, that uh, let's not be in the habit of neglecting the coming together because that is so critical to the body to function. Let's not neglect as it is the habit of some. Let's make sure that we esteem that because by doing that, then we facilitate the functioning of the body of Christ. In a place of worship like this as we come together, besides worship, we are also involved in what you call Christian education. There are some things that we get to learn about christ about christian life about our walk with god and that walking i mean that that whole thing about uh, christian education and doctrine christian doctrine is what then stabilizes us if anybody asks you the hope for what you have in christ you have a bedrock of christian doctrines that helps you to understand what do i believe why do i believe what i believe And why am I different from a Muslim, for example? Why am I different from a Buddhist, for example? Now, that whole concept is established through Christian education that comes through our time of coming together. And that function needs to be allowed to operate. It also can operate at a level of cell groups when we are... And we are trusting God to soon go into that direction. In cell groups where we are able to come and we are teaching one another through scripture, scripture being central, and everybody giving their contribution as the Holy Spirit is facilitating us. And from there, we are enlightened as part of the body of Christ. Then there is the whole thing about fellowship that happens when we come together as a functional body of Christ. And it is in that fellowship that You and I get to know each other a little more. Where you are stretching further and saying, "Eh, how is it like with you? How is your walk with God? How has it been this week? And as we are greeting one another, getting to know each other and getting to see what is it that is going on around you? Who has come in? Who has just been brought from the quarry? And we are getting to know that is what then connects us and fix, and fixes us into our functional role as part of our function as the church of Jesus Christ. Then there is also the aspect of our daily awareness of people or br- brothers and sisters that their parts are missing here. There may be some things that are not happening here in this church because somebody is still a sinner. Imagine some things that may not be happening because somebody is still an unbeliever. They are actually in a, in, in a discotheque or in a pub somewhere. They are waiting for somebody to reach out to them, bring the message of salvation, and get them saved so that they can come. And when they come and you just find their gifts that they were holding as they were wasting it out there, you marvel. And the church of Jesus Christ gets built up and strengthened. And that is a function and a service that the church of Jesus Christ has to operate as we reach out to the lost, as we reach out to the unreached. And much more, start seeing what about the needs in our society? What about the homeless? What about the folks in prison and all that? How can we as a church, because we are God's extension, we are God's hands, we are God's eyes, we are God's ears. How can we then reach out for for the sake of God for the sake of Christ, to the homeless, so that the homeless can know the love of God. That love of God will not come to them by God showing up to the homeless, but by the church going to that homeless and telling them that God loves you, and through the extended hand that we will give to them. To them. The fourth thing on the list I was giving you, I had given you four, three things, I don't know whether you still remember that, if you are taking notes, is that our diversity blended together into unity of the many spiritual gifts that are created around us is what then brings the ultimate health of the body. This diversity of our functions and our parts in the body have to be blended together. And it's the blending that makes us more effective as we ought to be. Scripture asks us towards the end of that text that we have just read, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 27 to 31, that are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, and on and on. There are specific things that every single one of us as body parts as, or as part of the body of Christ that have been assigned to do. And when we then bring out that function, The whole body is edified, the whole body is nurtured, and the whole body is esteemed into what God had intended of it. Let me now summarize what we have looked at as we conclude. The first point that we have belabored today is that the body, though one, is made of many parts. Please don't forget that. That's the first point. There are many parts that make the body. You may be see it. You may be seeing it as one looking at the human body, but this human body has an, a hand, has a, an, a head, has, a, has shoulders, has a, a stomach, has everything, many more other things that we don't see with our physical eyes. But these very many parts must be able to operate as a unit, so that the smallest and the biggest are all able to benefit from one another. Number two, these many parts that make the whole body, and talking about the human body, but as an illustration to the church of Jesus Christ, these many parts of the human body are valuable. Yes, there are many. Yes, number number one. Number two, these many parts, all of them together are valuable. And incidentally, their value comes out a lot more when they are all functioning together. If you have ever worked a a jigsaw puzzle, you will know that as you start off playing the jigsaw puzzle, you can see that you have a whole lot of places where you will pick your pieces from. And so you continue to organize your, your, your pieces, putting them together, putting them together, but wait until you have exhausted all the pieces that you realize there are two or three missing pieces. That jigsaw puzzle will not be complete until you locate where those little pieces are. And that's why you and I must know that those the value of every individual part is indispensable it is it, it is irreplaceable you cannot replace any individual part and expect to have the whole part the whole body functional the body of christ my sisters and my brothers is so crucial talk about the children ministry talk about the youth ministry talk about the the men ministry the women ministry and all the other aspects whether it be ushering welcoming or uh, preaching, worshipping, singing, interceding, all those different parts must all come together to fit together, and it is when every little part is in its place that then the body functions. So, number one, we said, don't forget it. We are not alone as individual individuals in the body. We are many. We are many that make up the body of Christ. Number two, these many parts are valuable as a whole, but they are also valuable as individual pieces. And there is no piece that is insignificant. Number three is that the many parts that we have said that make the body, that are valuable, have to work together. They have to work together if the church or if the body has to function. And it is that working together that then fulfills the function of the body of Christ. This is so crucial. I was just remembering the little story that, uh, the lesson that Marco took us through during the VBS program we had last year. And he was talking about God's recipe, helping us to understand stories about the cake. And you look at the ingredients as a way of illustrating how that these many parts must work together. And he told us, for example, if you have to come up with what you would call a chocolate cake, you have very many ingredients and he spread so many ingredients for us that make up that. And if you remember, we had some softened butter, we had some margarine to make a cake, we had eggs, We had what? we had some sugar, we had some flour, we had had some unsweetened cocoa eh, powder, some baking powder, we had some vanilla, we had some milk, very many parts. And they were all spread. But individually, of course, he mentioned they were not going to be very important, especially when you take baking powder or vanilla and just want to work on it by itself. So they have to work together. They have to be allowed together. The individual ingredients, To make a cake, they must be brought together. And of course you'll also know that as they come together, one of the things that he taught us is that these ingredients must be given in their right measures, right amounts for the recipe to be fitting together. And that's where you find you don't have... There is a need for just that size of a small finger. There is a need for just that right size for the thumb and especially when you think about the role that it plays. There is the need for just that right size for the foot. Looking at the whole body because some of us have a smaller one, others of us have a bigger one. And all of it, that ingredient, that, the measure of that size of the foot is determined by the function that you play. But to wrap it up together all these have to be brought together and mixed together for them to become a cake lastly sisters and brothers these many valuable parts that have come together in unity to make up the body of christ they are brought together in unity by the holy spirit for the cake master what he's doing is he's stirring up. There is an outside force that is stirring up this cake. It's not coming together by itself, but he's stirring up this content. And you remember the, the way you take, you call it as pedro or what do you call that, and you really have to work this until every little item disappears in the content. The salt completely disappears. You don't see it as individual salt. You don't see the, the 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 flower as individual flower. You don't see the egg as a, so. It has to be completely rubbed into the content, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. So, for the church to function as the whole, as as a as a whole, sisters and brothers, you can't ignore the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is there to blend us together. And you remember we talked about how that when you bring humans together, we are like porcupines with spikes. We will easily go each other with our spikes. But the Holy Spirit has a way of bringing us so that he places us in just the right place and right position for us to get the warmth from each other as porcupines or as humans so that through that stirring together and bringing us together as body parts, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be able to function. Look at the disciples, the early church. Just before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Remember, he has already ascended into the heavens, and he has told them to go and wait. But just before he tells them you to go and wait, after his death, I'm talking about the period between his death on the cross and the time when the disciples were on their own. They had spent three years, with this master telling them what were expected of them to do as the church of Jesus Christ, because already the church had been formed. What happened to the disciples? They started saying one after the other, "Me, I, we followed this, this man, and now he has been killed. There is no hope for us. Let's go back fishing. And of course, you know, Peter actually led the batch into, into the fishing. And so they all went back to their trade, as if those three years never happened. But remember, God was not true with what he had started. And on our own, that is how we operate when we have no help of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus looks at them and says, you will not operate like this. You will have to go up in the upper room and you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And therefore, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, we are told, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the expression of his work was manifest among them. And before too long, see how they start coming together. From that very moment, Peter takes up the microphone and starts preaching Just by explaining what is going on there, the Holy Spirit takes over that little word, that testimony he was giving, and it became a sermon because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And you can already see his function coming out very clearly like that. And before too long, they are coming together in house churches where they were meeting regularly in fellowship and in breaking of bread. And as they meet regularly to break the bread, what happened? Many were attracted to their number. Many were attracted to their form because of that that God was doing amidst them. Then there is the aspect of the needs that were manifested among them. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says no one took, I mean, uh, no one was lacking among them because they shared what they had in common. And it's the Holy Spirit who is just nurturing them, helping them to even identify where the needs were. Talk about even the time when there is a time they complain, some 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 Grecian Jews who are complaining how their widows were not taken care of. The Holy Spirit comes in and says, Oh, this is not something to divide us. Let's just get people who are good at serving tables and let them serve the tables and give them this, but us will continue with prayer and with the ministry of the word. The Holy Spirit worked so well, and before too long, because of their unity, because of their oneness, the Bible says. Many were drawn to their numbers. And they became, the church grew daily as many came to the faith. Why? Because those many parts, those many body parts, those many functions were all brought together and they were allowed to operate. And as the Holy Spirit nurtured them, then the body of Christ functioned. So, sisters and brothers, as we finish, each member of the body of Christ is vital. Forget everything else, but don't forget that. Everybody is needed, and everybody must play their part if we are going to function. When one member of the body suffers, all of us suffer together with that one member. We are all members of one another, and therefore, our weakness, or the weakness of one, becomes the weakness of us all or the strength of one becomes the strength of us all. Thirdly, we must endeavor to keep the bond of peace, the bond of unity, if we are going to operate together as everyone plays their part, one with the other. Lastly, we must submit ourselves to the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, who then nurtures us and brings us together so that we can ob- be able to, to operate as the body of Christ. May God help us as we think about this and reflect on ourselves as the Church of Jesus Christ as we ask ourselves, which part of the body am I? What role has God called me to play? Am I playing that role? Or have I relegated my responsibility or abjugated it to somebody else God is calling you and is calling me to bring that part in. And when he talks later about the judgment, it is this judgment that is happening because he made you to be the hand. The church needed the hand, but that hand was absent. He made you to be the ear. The church needed the ear, but that ear was absent. He made you to be the eye. The eye was needed in the church but you were absent. And because of that, some things were not done. Or the the church was limping, the church was dragging, the church was doing some things that were not supposed to be done or having to invent some ways of doing church because you were missing in action. May God help us that we identify that and much more remember the outreach aspect of the body is not replaceable. There are paths that need to come to the body. And you and I can go and bring those paths back to the body. Shall we just bow down in prayer? As you talk to God about yourself and what it is that God is asking you to do in contributing to the functioning of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We are looking to you, Father. We're just trusting only in your mercy. You said you'd build your church, and we acknowledge today that it is your church you are building, not the church of men. Father, may you glorify yourself and help us that we not miss out on what it is you called us to do. Jesus, help us to identify our specific role, our specific function, our specific part that we are in the body. And may we never be literal. What function you have called us to play, oh God. Thinking that because that other function is more conspicuous than ourselves, then it is more important and I am not important.